The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of Beyond. 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 You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you fell right All into right. his trap. All right. I also love the fact I was saying it beyond rather than beyond. Oh, right. like you, you, you really you, got I'm already it, assimilated. Yeah. You're questioning it. That's okay. It's, it's all right. Welcome, everybody, once again to Beyond. This is the 518th episode or something. I think we skipped a few in there. Who cares? Anyway, my name is Max Scovel, and I'm joined by Brian Altano. Hello. Thanks for watching, and goodbye. <laughs> Zach Ryan, We're not. the show's not over. It didn't end there. 518, that's almost 520. Blaze it. Okay, you, I don't what? know why we keep doing this show. And joining us from the UK <laughs> office, Alicia Judge. Hi, thank you for coming by. Yeah, no, this no, is awesome. no worries. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just loving how shiny your table is. I think I'm going to marvel it for the majority of this podcast. It's a really, it's really not great for fingerprints, though. There's scratch marks yeah. on it because Max and I drove a Batmobile on it during up the other day. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> We're not, we're not great about it. We're not really good with coasters. We put a lot of toys on <laughs> if it. If you admit a crime on a different show, it doesn't count. We brought ninja stars in one time. When no one Just was chucking them out at the table. Um, <laughs> we, got, we got a great show this week. Uh, big, huge thing dropped this week, mm. which is the DLC for Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds. Um, we're still kind of getting that the twin engines of destruction of holiday season games. Call of Duty came out. Um, and we're kind of there's a bunch of other there's a game about seafood that came out that yep. we're gonna we're gonna try to talk about that. But first, let's talk about Horizon. Let's, yeah, you yeah. guys you guys both jumped in there. Uh, what is what is the the Frozen Wilds? Uh, so the Frozen Wilds is the expansion that was revealed at E3 earlier this year. Uh, the follow up to uh, obviously one of the best games out this year. Yep. Uh, probably the premier PlayStation game to play this year. So uh, it's basically, I, I, you'll probably agree with me on this, but it's more Horizon, yeah. which is great if you loved Horizon, which I did and you did as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think um, to be like completely honest, I was like, okay, like Assassin's Creed just came out. I'm playing mm-hmm. Mario. There's a new uh, Wolfenstein game I want to play through. Like I heard the Call of Duty single player is really cool. So I had a stacked, li- literal stack of games to play through that is new and fresh and exciting. And I was sort of like, I don't know if I want to go back in Horizon. I adored Horizon. I put 55-something hours into that game. I almost hit the level cap. Mm-hmm. Um, just collected almost literally everything in that world. Just tore it apart and ad- adored it. And then I started playing uh, Frozen Frozen Wilds, and it immediately sort of was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I love this. Yeah, Horizon was a really funny thing because it came out uh, around the same time as Zelda. Yeah. And so I think those of us in the office that, that were looking to play both – jammed through Horizon as fast as we could because like, we, we wanted to make sure that we could play both of them, right? Mm. So um, you and I especially, I remember, and you played a lot of it as well. I, I reached a point and I was like, this is, this is sort of like a, a very deep pit here. Yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I think I just kind of called it too soon. Um, mm. that, that's not a fun game to try to burn through. So, yeah. And, and you, you, you will choke on the that's way, exactly the That's exactly down. what we did. Like We like sped through that game. And so going back to the expansion is like kind of felt like hanging out with an old friend. Mm-hmm. But also... Man, that game 
builds so exponentially on itself. Like the things that you're doing, the way that you learn to fight yeah. those enemies is so rooted in what came before it that jumping back into the DLC eight months on, I was completely lost for the first hour of that game. I like totally I'd come agree. across enemies that I'd fought previously and I was like, I don't remember which arrow set to use. I can't remember like what the <laughs> tricks are here. And like, so it took me a while to get back into the swing of things. But once I hit that, that, opening mission like got through the opening mission and like hit the loop again yeah. of like okay here's what i do i go out i forage i hunt animals i forage some more and then i go to the next story thing they kind of started like getting into the rhythm again right and right it's, it's, it's hard to get into that rhythm though right yeah it's it's supposedly a lot more difficult than any of the gameplay that you'll have had in the rest of the game it's it is really hard ramps yeah. it up it's, yeah. it's sort of like it almost exists under the assumption that that nothing has happened between when horizon launched and when the dlc launched whereas yeah. i've I've I played Neo, I played Zelda, I played Mario, I played jumped into all these different games, and um, rightfully so. These guys are designing a game in a bubble, sort of, you know, mm. and they're taking examples and ideas from all over the the industry, uh, and that's what made Horizon work so well. It was sort of this mixtape of cool stuff from everywhere, but they uh, kind of just assume that you're really speaking that language and you have been. And I forgot a few words along the way, so I had the same thing happen as Zach did. I just sort of jumped in and was like. Oh, what's oh the trigger is to attack. Right. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have a projectile. I have to craft arrows. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Now it all sort of yeah. back. It feels to me. almost like calibrating a controller. Yeah. yeah. Like you just kind of go through all the motions and you're like, oh, that doesn't do that. You know, driving yeah. somebody else's I, car or whatever. I probably played like four or five hours over the weekend mm-hmm. of the the expansion, and uh, the one thing that still gets me is that square is crouch and circle is to roll and yeah. dodge, which is backwards from any of the other action games on PlayStation. Yes. So, so I've got like... I've got like six or seven clips that I want to post of me just rolling off a cliff because yeah. I, like, I'm trying to crouch at the edge of something, but I just like head dive. My thing off is, the, I, I yeah. walk up to like a, a small pack of very dangerous, very venomous robots. <laughs> and then you just leap and in I'm there. Like, <laughs> 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 Roll in and surprise him. Like, and I'm like, I, I meant to crouch. And they're like, kill him. <laughs> so that's fun. But um, the pacing of the DLC, first of all, um, like, this game is stunning. Yeah. This is an absolutely I, I gorgeous still, game still, that's just like. I can't believe how much this. There are parts in this game that look even better than the main campaign yeah. did. Um, the snow, specifically in this mm. game, like I, we're not totally out of lists here at IGN that we're we're against <laughs> doing the best snow in games. But if we do the best snow in games, I it's think Horizon's the top. It's it's pretty insane. Like the way the way that the physics engine works on the snow is like as Aloy walks across the snow, she doesn't just tromp through it. Like yeah. her weight displaces on top of the snow and then the, her foot sinks in so it's like like the way that actual snow works it's insane it That's feels like great. a kid yeah. like going out like on a snow day and just walking around in snow for the first time and the cool thing is like i was walking up this hill and i just sort of stopped and panned the camera around and i was like looking at the snow and the snow was falling from the sky and it slowly built up and filled up the footprints that i was standing That's on. awesome That's and i'm great. like what? You didn't need to do that. But it's like, such a nice detail. Yeah, because like so long ago, the general mechanics and physics of snow was like it was like Legolas on like <laughs> what do your elf eyes see? As he's just walking <laughs> above the snow with everyone yeah. else like <laughs> they're just floating. Like, Those days are gone. This is great. Yep. Now have yep. realistic well, physics. I love when I, I, like they they revealed. I think it was Assassin's Creed Three. They're like, oh look at look at how the snow works. It actually it's really hard to walk through it. And then Skyrim, they're like, actually if you look at the rock, the snow is gathering on it. And this game's just like, yeah, please, right. this is real snow. It made me want to have a where you can just like pick up snowballs, have a snowball fight with the dinosaurs, just to really have a, like a just snow really day. get out there and pal around. Yeah, just have it make angels. Yeah, awesome. it, so, it is. It is a gorgeous expansion. I do think that that some of the snow stuff sort of works to its detriment. Yes. I, I don't know if you're having this issue, but um, there, so dynamically, obviously, there's a day and night cycle. That's mm-hmm. you know commonplace. Um, but there's also the snow, like snow flurries increase dynamically. So occasionally, you'll just be walking through somewhere, and a snowstorm will just kick up. And if you're playing at night. And there's a snowstorm. It's nearly impossible to see yeah. anything, so it really impedes the way that you play. And it's happened to me a couple of times where I just like set the controller down and go do something else or look at my phone for a while because it's like I don't want to even try to play when mm. I like your reticle. So it's like the rain and Zelda kind of sort of yeah. Sand, like, sandstorms and Metal Gear. I, I mean, was about to say yeah. Your, like your reticle is five. white. Like the thing that you aim with is white, and you're in an, an like an area that's entirely snow. And maybe you can change your reticle color. I actually haven't checked because the HUD in Horizon is obviously super customizable. Yeah, but um. Yeah, it's kind of annoying because like I keep losing track of my reticle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I will say, um, on a like technical level, getting into the DLC itself was way more frustrating than I thought it had any right to be. Uh, you basically have to find one of three 
characters who are hidden around the game. Uh, there isn't really just like – it's not like in Zelda where you just hit the button for master mode and jump in. Um, and so you have to talk to this guy outside of Meridian is where I, I went. And he had a little blue icon over his head. Zach had to help me do it like – I was <laughs> to send him a screenshot. Like it felt, yeah. it felt like like reading Nintendo Powers when yeah. we were little kids. And he was like, "You got to go up here, and you go over there, and then all of a sudden you walk up this huge hill, and then a logo pops up, and it says Frozen Wilds, and you're like, okay, I'm here." Um, but then you overlook this like gorgeous vista, which is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on PlayStation. Now, I want to ask a couple questions. This is uh, just for for clarity's sake. This is this is an add on to the existing game. Yes. Yeah, so there is it, there is like a suggested level to get in there. Yeah, it's yeah level thirty. It's thirty, and I was okay. I think I was like forty three when I went in. Yeah, I think. I Crazy. Yeah. thereabouts and, as well and so it's 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 woven naturally into the map it's actually just like the northeastern side of the map mm-hmm. is it just a new, it's, it's a new area entirely. yeah it's though? called okay. it's called okay. the cut um there's a, a an entirely different tribe called the banuk that live in this area and like the impetus of the the side like the dlc itself is that trade routes have been people on these trade routes in the banuk uh, uh tribe are getting attacked by these like crazy powerful monsters and so uh obviously Ayla is going to go and investigate like what's up with that so uh but brian's right like it was really difficult to try and track down where because i mean a lot of like the witcher has this kind of thing too where it's like you have to go to a certain signpost to find the side quest that opens up um blood and wine right so it's like little things like that and they actually might remedy that one thing that we should say as a caveat to any of this conversation is that there is a big day one patch that Mm, that drops with this that we don't have access to yet oh yeah so So they might just drop those icons on the map um and i think pacing wise uh zach and i are both playing it and sort of playing it a little differently you're doing a lot of side side quests sort of mainlining it yeah that's exactly what i did with uh uh the the base game i i really love the gameplay in horizon i i kind of got criticized when i was on beyond back in february or whatever when the game launched because like i don't really care about the story like i think it's fine um i'm with you honestly yeah uh, but mechanically yeah, and mechanically, like the combat systems, the the loot, like the way you upgrade and collect weapons, like uh, super fun, and I really love that that loop. So uh, yeah, I've done a bunch of side quest stuff. Yep. That's yeah. interesting because when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, the story is what hooked me. Oh really? And I I loved the idea of this world that was post post apocalypse mm-hmm. and yes. like the environmental storytelling and like you know when you first go down into those caves and you get like the voice. Um, recordings of all the people mm-hmm. who live there and things. So, I mean, when I first heard that the DLC was 15 hours set within the main campaign, and actually, if you go into it after completing the game, it's before the final mission. Yeah. yeah. I was like, huh, how does that make sense? Because why would Aloy go off for 15 hours to a separate part of the map? So, well, why would Aloy collect video games? Yeah, why would Aloy games? spend 100 hours so there's a coffee mugs? <laughs> she wants that platinum <laughs> yeah. trophy, that's why. They, yeah. they actually address that, like, very briefly at the beginning of the Frozen Wild, because you... As you're working your way northeastern onto the map, um, I forget the the dude's name. That's like basically, yeah. Ricky. He uh, <laughs> right, Ricky. I lied. Ricky. <laughs> I'm lying. To you. Uh, he comes over your focus and he talks to you and he's like, "Hey, I don't really know what you're doing. Uh, t- taking this like, <laughs> I can't really tell like why you would go and do this thing now. But of Aloy, course, because you're you Aloy, you're gonna do whatever you want." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go check this out." So they kind of address that narratively. And another thing that I really like that they do in this Last expansion seasons. is. Uh, so I went through and collected all the like the batteries for the power armor, yeah. which makes you like su- like nearly invincible at the end of the game. Right. So yeah. it's armor that that absorbs every hit that you take up to a certain point and then has to recharge. Right. Um, but one thing that's really smart that they do in this game or in this expansion is that even if you have that armor, there's these towers that send out signals that render that armor useless. Like yeah. it's just any that's other armor mechanic. for like a certain reset amount of time. So it's really cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's you'll a, be fighting an enemy and you'll see this like purple wave pass over you and then your armor just shuts down. Yeah. So, it's yeah. a very smart way to sort of buff the fact that you're probably way too high level for yeah. most of this. If yeah. You, I'm like 11 levels over. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And so like a lot of the early combat encounters that I've had with some of the enemies, like I totally tore through once I got my bearings back right. and figured out how to play. Uh, speaking of bearings, there's a specific specific animal that you fight early on. <laughs> speaking of what bearings. What a segue. Right? Like, it's a very, he's, he's sort of like a giant, I don't want to spoil too much, he's like a giant robot grizzly the bear. The frozen claw? I've already yeah. said too much. But he's super cool. Um, you can bypass him or you could just like beat the hell out of him and yeah. I did. I got in like this good sort of combat loop where 
where uh, I was able to kind of dodge roll and then come back and stab him, get those critical hits and stuff yeah. like that. And it just feels awesome to take one of those things down. And of course, like Horizon, like those things increase and get bigger and bigger. And there's a bunch of new enemies in this area. There's a bunch of new weapons, there's a bunch of new side quests and stuff you can do. Like Horizon, though, I think that like the game kind of loses focus when you get indoors. And so I walked yeah. into a couple smaller environments that had a bunch of sort of like kind of ocarina of time style like light puzzles where oh, you yeah. rotate these discs and like line up lasers and stuff and like that's fine but i'm not really there for that i'm there to fight you know decepticons and stuff yeah. like that so the 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 two enemies that that they introduce right off the bat is like this giant bear and then there's this uh this huge tiger looking thing that shoots fire and i really awesome. like a they're really difficult like you have to fight them in a different way than you fight any of the other monsters in the rest of the game and and b they're both elemental monsters like they're both one shoots ice and one shoots yeah. fire and that's something that i think that the base game had a little bit of but didn't really delve into so like now as you're playing this game you'll get a lot more things that let you craft um like fire potions to like or or ice potions to protect against those two elements which i think is really cool yeah. it adds another layer to the combat. it sounds great it sounds like they've added a lot mechanically yeah. and that's awesome that's what you want from dlc but totally. I, as long as they on top layer more lore and kind mm. of like yeah there's definitely more of that yeah. because you know the focusing on the banuk tribe is awesome i don't know if you guys are the same as me but like i did all of the banuk collectibles in like I did the too. first game and like to actually find out who are these guys that were painting massive symbols on the walls and like silence when you look at all of the um yeah. modifications he's got in his arms like where did that come from there's so many questions that we didn't answer and yeah no i wasn't joking about collecting all the stupid coffee mugs i did that <laughs> i don't know why i did that in the game that's about robot dinosaurs but i'm like there's coffee mugs i must find them i don't they're broken you really, can't even drink secretly them. aloy just had this terrible caffeine addiction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of that mountain climbing uh you said one of the things uh, you wrote here in the notes which i guess i didn't notice but you can pick up uh, like stuff in the environment while yeah. you're on a map so in the game now. Th- that's another thing that I think is really cool. Like opening the game back up, going back into my menu, I had basically maxed out all my perks and stats, yeah. right? Like there was only a couple of things that I hadn't purchased. Um, and now there's two additional, uh, perk trees even though they're just straight lines um and they're basically for foraging and scavenging and it fixes one of my biggest complaints with the the base game is that when you're on a mount you travel so much faster but you couldn't you kept having to jump off to like grab supplies and one of the first perks that you can buy in this game is it allows you to pick stuff up like while you're on a mount so that makes it like so much more streamlined yeah so it's great because it's really awesome you can be on a path and just veer off and like grab a bunch of stuff and then come back just think about her like riding through the countryside on her robot also it's just badass (laughs) it's so weird um i actually got thrown off by that skill tree thing because i didn't know that that was added new Uh. i was like wow i never maxed out any of this stuff that's weird i did everything else except for this one column over here (laughs) context clues man i know i'm very dumb sometimes very dumb so that's uh that's out this week yeah Yeah. and it's it's what like 20 bucks uh, actually, I don't. I don't remember what the price was. We probably should look that up. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. It's and it's also it's an add-on to the existing game. It's not like a right standalone. It's not a standalone. Um, cool. That's that sounds rad. Also, it's like really smart they're doing this right now because yeah. it's totally being like, hey, nudge, nudge. Remember Horizon? It came out. Yeah. While ago, yeah, yeah. Just, just we, as we're talking about game of the year, yeah, no, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. I think like we're all sort of guilty of it, and it's not just people working in the industry; it's fans, right? Like yeah. we forget at the end of the year, like that March was this year or April well, was think, this year. Well, think about like Resident Evil 7. Yes. Like, I, I was thinking, like, and I was like, actually, that should be considered as one of my games of the of year. Course. But it oh, feels sure. like it was, I mean, it was literally like a year since I yeah. played it. Yeah. It was weird because I remember um, obligatory mention of Resident Evil 4, the greatest game of all time. Uh, Resident Evil <laughs> 4 also launched very early in the year, the year it launched. And I remember when a game of the year came around, like, I forgot that was then. And oh. you, it, you, it happens with movies all the time too, so... Um, I think with movies, it's weird because there's like the Oscar season, which sort of carries over into the next the year. The next year, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's – you probably have a bunch of stuff you want to play right now. Uh, and we're here to say totally go back to Horizon. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's also, definitely worthwhile. I mean yeah. we we try to keep up with the newest games and everything. Some people do burn through them and everything. But I was on the, the Podcast Beyond Facebook group. Hi, guys. Um, and somebody was like, hey, I uh, didn't notice this, but I uh, spent like 300 hours in Tekken 7 and like 250 in Metal Gear Solid 5. And I was like – yeah, yeah, yeah that'll happen. Yeah. yeah, you can sometimes just get a game and really get that much time out of it. And mm-hmm. I think one of, the, one of the most frustrating things with what we do is is like feeling like you do have to rush on to the next thing. It's totally, just, yeah. And it's you know it's, it can be weird to kind of um, 
I don't know. Not- I mean, that was the whole thing when Horizon first came out. Like, we all were so excited to play this game, but it was also like, hey, we have to get this, like, we have to finish this game in the next 10 days because we have a whole new system that's coming out that we're going to need to cover, yeah. you know? So, like, it not to the detriment of, of Horizon at all, but it was just one of those things, like, I remember we were all, like, furiously texting each other, like, what level are you at? How far have you gotten? Are you going to finish it? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. Oh, it's a hard life being a video yeah, game right. journalist. Uh, so um, tough. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash farbeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at GameFly.com slash far beyond. Poor us. Now, one of the big games coming out this week, obviously, or just came out last Friday, was uh, Call of Duty World War II. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it's I, I I don't feel bad for Call of Duty because they are regularly like the best selling game of the year, like period, and you know they 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 do well, people play them, but there's always this weird <laughs> they're like doing all right over there, <laughs> they're doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's always like this negative backlash where people are like immediately like sort of instantly very mad at it, and then it, I'm like what. I don't understand. I don't understand that disparity of like people who are like vocally just vicious about it on the internet, and then the fact that it winds up being the best thing. So it's like, what did you like? Did you, did you make peace and just buy buy the game? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Like, uh, but, I mean, yeah, there was that meme going yeah. around a couple of years ago of all those people being like, it was like a, a Steam user group that was like boycott Call of Duty, and underneath it showed all of them were actively playing <laughs> Call of Duty. Yeah, that's great. So it's like, well, that's not how you boycott something. Like you guys did the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, um, I jumped into uh, World War II on a uh, live stream with Miranda Sanchez, who's reviewing it for IGN, which is a huge, like, massive undertaking because on top of the fact that you're doing single player and then, uh, you know, zombies and then also multiplayer, that's all dependent on the fact that the multiplayer is up and running. Right. And, like, day one launch stuff, we were just, like, on this live stream being like, and we're going to jump right into... No, we're not. Yeah. (laughs) Hang tight, you know. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, honestly... I'm glad you guys did that because you're depicting the same story that consumers had to experience that day as well. Yeah. And we'll probably continue to because that's just the way games work now or yeah. don't work now, which kind of sucks. But, you know, that's all part of the conversation. You I buy mean, a game, you plug it in, and you're like, let's play. It's it's kind of stunning and baffling that, like, online stuff still has that, like, day one hiccups kind of stuff. And I don't, know, I don't know how you make a video game or have a server that functions or anything. But I was I remember kind of early on people would, like, you know, complain about, like, uh, I'm like Titanfall servers at mm-hmm. launch with the Xbox One. And then, I don't know, here we are, like, deeper into this generation, and you still get that stuff. And it's just, I don't know, I think it's kind of bumps in the road. One of the things, though, that I find kind of problematic about Call of Duty World War 2 in particular is it's kind of, it's a game that's not of its time like mm-hmm. the, so the last uh, World War 2 themed Call of Duty game uh, came out it was Treyarch it was World at War right. and then it you know the whole series went in this completely different direction mm-hmm. where it became quite almost almost like fantastical right you know, wall running and all this kind of stuff and with that came all these new mechanics there came you know uh zombies and kind of like big crazy like escapism and so boots and you know yeah yeah (laughs) and totally and then you know obviously there were so many and people so many games and people became a little bit tired and call of duty turned around like well how do we bring this back let's Mm -hmm. go back to world war ii but the trouble is the world of gaming has changed since then Mm -hmm. and so now when you try and bring something back to like a very somber we saw this at e3 they came out and they were like we're doing this very somber serious amazing world war ii call of duty with nazi zombies and like you're like that you're totally right tonal shift doesn't work because the landscape now they're putting loot boxes in and that's really problematic why are you putting loot boxes and loot mechanics where not only is there a loot box there's like a quest where you you have to as part of the campaign yeah watch somebody open loot boxes three loot boxes being open and that's that's really gross when you think this is a game about like the deep darkness of world war ii and it's it's modern gaming mechanics aren't mixing with this level of storytelling that they want to go back to. You're completely right. I think there's a a massive identity crisis happening with these games specifically. And I think what needs to happen is they need to splinter off. And, I mean, Activision would love this. Make two games every year. Make a zombie shooter video game 
and then make like a Call of Duty game. Yeah, totally. They should and that be... can be history based or futuristic, yeah. whatever that is. But like, I the the fact that they all mix in with each other gets really weird, especially now that they're going back to being like this is based on real wars and historical accuracy. Mm-hmm. And we have nothing but respect for the troops and for the people that served, and also like you know. Here's animated The Rock. As, yeah, but how, I mean, how does that work though? If you've got, if you're going to have these different components, you got the multiplayer, single player, and then and then zombies. Uh, mm. Or do you sell those twenty bucks a piece, or are they sixty bucks a piece? I've said specifically for years that I would spay, I would spend twenty dollars a year on a Call of Duty single player campaign. Yeah. I personally have no intention to ever play through multiplayer. Not my thing. Uh, a large large statistical demographic of people who buy the multiplayer game never touch single player or never finish single player. I, uh, I personally just blitz Nazi zombies like that. Yeah, that was my so, thing. Love that. You so know? maybe it should just be three. Se- now, look, we've made three games for Activision. Yeah. <laughs> you sell the single player campaign for 20 bucks. You sell the multiplayer for 30 or 40. Mm. Um, and then you make Nazis. It's or you make Nazis. It's own thing. you make zombies its own thing. If you want to make Nazis in there or dragons or wolves or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Ooh, wolves. Mm. Yeah. Now, I wonder how much of that is also sort of this um, kind of gateway drug approach where there are people who are like, I just want to play a shooter and I'll get call of duty it's the it's the new one whatever yeah and then they're like well i finished the campaign what next and then they see there's these two other modes and then they're like they get hooked on multiplayer they make some friends they that i would part be of their, their loop and then i'd be amazed if if even 10 percent of the people who buy call of duty play through single player and then go oh wow there's multiplayer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I mean I, w- I would like to see the attach rate on something same. like well, that like, so yeah. when you think when you think call of duty in like a modern modern sensibilities it's multiplayer it is frequently futuristic stuff and it's typically console-based stuff first. You look at the first Call of Duty game, it was about single-player, authentic World War II action, and it was a PC exclusive Mm -hmm. when it first launched. And it's kind of crazy to see how far it's kind of like gone full circle from that, and now it's like... Um, and I, like, I wonder how much of the decisions that were made for Call of Duty World War II were kind of... Not the developers, but kind of just the studio saying, oh, here's like the mechanics that we need to implement like loot boxes sure. and then you that's where the tensions come from because for instance there's there's a scene within the game where um they kind of pay attention to the holocaust They're like we can't do a world war ii game without you know examining this material right and they go through and the way that they do it um is they go through like a burned out kind of concentration camp in the aftermath and michael chandry who's the head of studio for sledgehammer was like the reason that they did it that way and not showing kind of like a concentration camp in sure. action is because the technology is not really quite there to really show off fully rendered like the horror mm. of what a concentration camp would be like and they, they thought it would be quite cartoonish so when you've got that level of sensitivity to like a particular scene where they're like how can we tell the story in a respectful way but then at the same time have like i, I don't know i don't yeah. i don't know well, what, what decisions were being made and by who from the same franchise that did like you know press x to pay respects basically you know like yeah. that's i think that there's there has to be i think you're right like if you're if you're Please, going to Brian, attempt press square this is a place <laughs> that's true i'm sorry about that hey there's an x on there there's an x there yeah um you're jumping on the coffin <laughs> Some people pay respects differently. <laughs> My uh, son, this got bad. See what you did. Yeah. Um, but like, I think because we always talk about this, but like, video games are an intersection of of art and business, right? Yeah, totally. And when Ken Burns makes a documentary, no one, Activision doesn't come in and go, "Can you add loot boxes? Can you add microtransactions?" Like, yeah. it's just he just gets to make his his thing. I oh, remember the one of those PBS telethon things where like, and just That's one moment, true. would you uh, give us money and we'll get you a tote bag? Or those whatever? are microtransactions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, so no, I think I think you're right, but it's also sort of like if you're going to attempt this story with this sensitivity and really cover it for what it was, but then also go like, we can't show victims of the Holocaust because they'll look cartoony. Mm. Um, then maybe don't do the story, you know, maybe pull yeah. back from the entire thing. Cause I yeah. feel like if you're not, I'm not saying like, I want to play through like a gas chamber scene in a video game. Cause it sounds horrible. No, totally. And I'm, I'm not sure that would be the right route Mm-mm. to go. To. That, that, this is the peculiar thing that we have as gamers that like the way that we tell stories are going to be so different because of the way that like we have completely free reign with our camera. And then when it becomes actually experiential and you're the one doing the things on, on screen, that's why, you know, this whole debate over the David Cage uh, Detroit trailer yes. and like why that is so problematic is because that scene shown of like domestic violence on a film is a very different experience to the one where you're making those decisions. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the same goes for a game in Call of Duty and World War II. It's mm-hmm. like you're, it's, it's just, it needs to be treated differently. I had a, I had a film studies uh, professor whose whole thing was like, can you make an anti-war war movie in that, 
inherently a war movie, if there's any kind of a narrative, there's a level of like titillation and it's a fun thing to be like, oh, I'm going to go see a movie. And sure, they're like really serious movies. But I think it's a kind of similar issue with, with games where and you can play with that where it's like here's the interactive level of it where it's like, yeah, we're making you pull the trigger. Like, how does that make you feel? And that's stuff like spec ops. But mm-hmm. in the case of Call of Duty, then they're also like. But stick around afterwards because we've got Ving Rhames and he's going to be fighting the zombies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. just, it gets it gets tricky. Um, that being said, I mean, I think people are probably having fun with Call of Duty. It's yeah, just, it's I actually just, wanted to ask you, you said you played through the zombies mode. Uh, no, I've not played through the zombie oh, mode okay. on this particular one. No, okay. I, uh, just on, on previous, previous ones. Yeah. Previous okay. games. I think out of everything, uh, Call of Duty-wise, that interests me most because the team that, that built this game made up of a lot of people from... Uh, Formerly from uh, Visceral. Visceral, yeah. So the team that worked on Dead Space. And so their whole thing was like, hey, we want to make zombies mode, but we want to make it like an actual horror game. So Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, so? I'm down for I that. Played, I, I played a bit of that with the, on the stream with Miranda, uh-huh. and it's like... Didn't give you the spooks? Uh, there are a few like jump scares, kind of, but yeah. I feel like it's no different from you get with, like, with just regular shooting Zombie zombies. Mode. But that was uh, Dead Space, right? All yeah. over. Like, well, yeah. more Dead Space 2 than yeah. first Dead Space. Yep. But, like, they definitely went down that line of just like cheap... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun though. I mean, I, I'm not super up on what zombies has and hasn't done before, but it's like I mean, zombies has eaten a lot of people's brains. They're back at several it again. TV and films. Uh, no, it's uh, it's fun though. It's I mean, it's it, what's weird is it didn't seem to have that um, that kind of tower defense uh, board up your windows mechanic, uh-huh. which I don't know if that how long that's been, that's been removed. It's but, not zombies without the little ding noises. It could also you know come in later, but now it's like you kind of you go around you know paying your volts to unlock gates and stuff, and then. Yeah. It, it it just feels like like two roommates living in the same dorm and one of them's like I'm working on my history paper and the other one's like party <laughs> <laughs> like it's really weird like that's, that's a fair assessment a yeah, yeah. It's, it's like PCU or something with yeah I don't know yeah. like I don't know where COD goes next you know because I feel like they I mean maybe back to Black Ops or something something yeah like, but it's yeah. it's that thing of shooters are being reinvented yeah. you know like Overwatch Destiny have done really incredible things with the genre and kind of Call of Duty need to start like yeah. looking and saying, right, what hasn't been done in shooters yet? Where can we, rather than just doing every single time a zombies match, a multiplayer right. and, uh, and a sing- yeah. yeah but specifically, you look at what, uh, what Bethesda has just accomplished with Wolfenstein 2, right? Where they're like, hmm. we're going to tackle Nazis and sort of zombies or robots or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel, and, like, and so, I feel like zombies mode would be more in place than Wolfenstein. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. They're, and they're servicing players with a 15 hour single player campaign and they're going in completely creative and insane directions with it. And I think like, Call of Duty always has to be partly that nerd roommate working on the history assignment or sometimes the guy who's doing the futuristic stuff. I, and even then, they're always like, well, these weapons are uh, – when they do futuristic Call of Duty, like, well, this is like – they're, they're uh, testing stuff like this right now. You're like, oh, really? They're testing ceiling jumps? <laughs> you're, doing the, you're working on that right now? Gravity boots? I want to see that film. I, I think that, that uh, as historically accurate as any studio wants to get, like Treyarch, uh, Sledgehammer, whoever is developing Call of Duty, there's no way that Activision will ever look at a game like Call of Duty and see the the mountains of money that it produces every year mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know what? Go ahead and 86 that. Uh, that yeah. Go crazy. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You know what? Go ahead and, and, and take everything out and put in a bunch of stats yeah. and make it an RPG like yeah. Destiny. Like they, they already have that. You know what I mean? So I think that, that Call of Duty is sort of painted into this box where it's like this is what that game is. This is yeah. like, And ultimately, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for Call of Duty fans because I, I have, haven't played a Call of Duty in probably five years. But – that's what the people that buy it every year. That's what they want. They're like, right. I want to yeah. play. I want to play an eight-hour campaign. I want to play a ton of multiplayer, and then I'll check out zombies. If yeah. that's what I want to do. Do you know what? You're so right. That actually taps into. There's like a concept that we see in cinema so much, where mm. uh, the higher the budget, it's like a ratio. The higher the budget, the more terrible the film is likely to be, <laughs> because like high budgets are propped up by shareholders yeah. and the shareholders look and say, well, we'll give you your money, but we want to make sure that we're getting a definite return on investment. Yes. So it's got to have this, this, and this, and this, and this that we've seen that cinema audiences like. So actually what you get is a very vanilla, very repetitive form of, of film. And I think this, you know, the same happens yeah. in games and yeah. that's what Call oh, of Duty's totally. had. Yeah. I mean, um, that being said, I think Call of Duty, they do, they, they make the thing, they make the thing really well, and I think it's, it's, yes. I don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's so reductive totally. for people to be like, oh, Call of yeah. Duty sucks. It's like, you don't like Call of Duty, that's fine, go play anything else, but like, 
a lot of a lot of people out there who maybe that's the only thing they play. Yeah. I love it. So I, I have a sorry. You go. No, I mean I, I was just about to say like I do feel like we've been quite down on it, and uh, I still love Call of Duty. Like yeah. it's it's a brilliant game. Like I love the multiplayer on this. The maps are really well designed. It's fun as hell. Like it is. It's fun. I think it's just you want to hold it to the high standard that we treat all other games. Sure. That we yeah. Talk about on these. No, I, I think I think using. Call, the new Call of Duty game is a vehicle to sort of have the conversation about what it's like to make historically accurate video games and how realism and that depiction works when it's something that you're controlling and you're moving the camera around. I think it's like a totally fine conversation to have. And if that makes us come off as too critical, then, yeah, I'll remind people, like, this game is getting great reviews. It'll sell millions of copies. Everything will be fine. They'll make Call of Duty until we're all dead. Um, and then they'll make Call of Duties about all of us dying. We'll become uh, back as... Yeah, exactly. But I think it's worth having that conversation. And I think you brought up Overwatch. Like that is another interesting part of it all, right? Like hero shooters are doing really well. Maybe that goes there. Activision specifically had multiple franchises that we thought would never go away. And then they did. So things change. Things ebb and flow in the industry. The Um, wheel turns. Yes. So on the subject of big, huge AAA franchises that historically have been way too annualized and are, in fact, controlled by shareholders. Zach, were you setting me up for that one? No. Okay, well, that's a really good segue right there. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, and I really like it. Yeah, that is is a phenomenal game. This is a game that, uh, I mean, I'm so happy Ubisoft, like, took took time off and just let this one one bake. Um... Also, we were joking about how, like, oh, like, Call of Duty would never be like, let's just swap everything out and make this an RPG. Like, they straight up made an RPG. <laughs> yeah, it's didn't. ridiculous. Um, so I'm like, I, I was uh, I was just kind of in a funk this weekend, and I was like, I just want to play something that's, like, not brainless, but a little bit, like, won't push back as hard, so I can just kind of, like, basically just be sloppy. Like, I just need to cheese a game right now. I just want to be somewhere else and explore it. And, like, it was, I, I turned the difficulty down. I was just jumping around and riding camels and, like, you know, just... I'd be like cats. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to stealth into this outpost. And they're like, hey, there's that guy. And I'm like, ah, crap. And then I kill him with a hammer. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I know that I can be better at games, but I just didn't have it in me. So I was like, let's yeah. just... I'm going to enjoy the I sunshine love, and the flamingos and the hippopotamuses. I love the idea and, that these, like, ancient Egyptian guards would be like, hey, there's that dude again. <laughs> What's he doing here? Like, Go get like, him. They're, like, weirdly colloquial in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, According to Zach, they talk like my cousins in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's that guy. He built that freaking triangle house. <laughs> hey, look at that. The pyramids are almost done. Really coming along over there. What's wrong with that cat man's face? Uh, He's got a broken nose. <laughs> Max, you and I uh, probably played more of The Witcher 3 than anybody else that I know in this office. Like, we played a ton of that. Mm-hmm. You get, like, serious Witcher vibes. Absolutely. Like, this game, to me, feels like The Witcher. It, like, down to the combat, the way that your character, like, progresses, like... It just feels like The Witcher to me. I love it. The, the the construction of the world feels especially that way. A little bit the story to the point that I kind of started it feeling like I missed something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'd read like Witcher books and I played a bunch of two and I was like, what? And, and still I'd started that game up and I was like, wait, hold on. Am I missing something? And it's just sort of this, I think it's such a huge game that they're like, how do we bring you on board without just, uh, let's just throw them in the deep end, whatever. Yeah. There's been a lot of sort of outspoken criticism over the first few hours of that game, and almost universally people Wait, have which game are we talking about? Assassin's Creed. Okay. The new one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same with Witcher. There's yeah, this like yeah. kind of, there's yeah. this starter area where you're like, I was expecting a huge sprawling world, and they're like, here's your, here's That's like. That's always the way. I mean, even Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn yep. like yeah. began with that. People didn't get beyond the first yeah. bit because they were just bored. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it was um, Patrick Klepek wrote a whole piece about how uh, the first few hours of the new Assassin's Creed are just not good. Um, but almost everyone says once you get through that, it's sort of got a Twilight Princess thing to it that it's okay again. Yeah, I think what what I'm interested about this game is like where does this game sit on the lists at the end of 2017? I mean, it, that's a really good like, question. What is so it, you know, I, I, it's not. Is it game of the year? Is it? best action adventure game I is completely, best RPG? Like, I completely disagree with Klepik. I think that the opening area of that game is such a perfect uh, encapsulation of what the rest of that game will be, and I do think it is a, like a particularly engaging area, and it teaches you the mechanics like so easily. Um, I played up to a point just beyond that first area where you get to the next city, and it sort of really starts opening up, and then like stuff just started coming out like crazy, like Mario and things like that. Right. So um, I haven't had an opportunity to go back to it, Wait, but the, those in the game or yeah. in real yeah, Mario. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, yeah, the pyramid splits open, he jumps out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, More men with Italian accents in my <laughs> Egyptian video. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think that that it really did grab me. Like I really enjoyed those opening hours, and I think that that yeah, I. I really can't wait to get back to it and mm-hmm. see more of it. So yeah, it's uh, 
I think it's important to pace yourself with open world games because really, if you try to just like burn through them, it kind of it's it's like the it's like the kid eating the cake in Matilda. It just doesn't it's not working so right. hot, you know. And it's no, not, so, it's so so seriously, hot. that though, cake ain't working. <laughs> but seriously, you know, that that the battle crack to my question: run. Where does this sit? Yeah, on yeah, the list. That's a really good point. I think yeah. the the fact that the last last year the Assassin's Creed we got was a Michael Fassbender movie, and this year it's like a proper game. Uh, yeah. Remember that movie? Uh, no, no, yeah, exactly. Hot. Yeah, no, I mean either. <laughs> Uh, but I Which mean, is weird because I've been on a lot of airplanes this year. Yeah. I, I hope that it gets recognition because it sends a huge message to the publisher that, like, yeah, let yeah. like let things breathe. Like, let them take their time, you know, try it, something new and ambitious, you know? It's tough because I think to answer that question, we have to put Assassin's Creed Origins side by side with games of its ilk. that have like Horizon and Zelda. Horizon and Zelda, which yeah. are incredible open world games that created these, like, you know, mm-hmm. really creative and created really rich worlds. And Assassin's Creed Origins we're loving because it's reinvigorated the franchise and it's brought something new to the Assassin's Creed franchise. But has it brought something new to the video games industry? Like, that's exactly. the question that if it has... It's a really it's good way of putting it. I mean, yeah. I like it because it feels like more Witcher 3 and it feels like a little bit of Far Cry, which I have to wait a few months to get more of. And then there's, like, elements of... I mean, there's the kind of hints of Zelda, but it's like, it's is it really new or is it familiar? You know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's definitely by no means a bad game at all, but I, I totally, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't really see this being on game of the year lists exactly. Well, I, I feel like in a different year, I think it will get like some absolutely. odds of respect. But of yeah, course, yeah, yeah, and it'll sell great. But in a different year, I think um, this. You know, had this next year. There's no new Zelda game. There's no who, no who Horizon game as far as I'm concerned. Horizon, right? <laughs> Horizon, <laughs> starring an owl. Uh, but please Photoshop that. Um, but uh, with a graduation it. cap, by the way, because I want to make it look smart. And a Tootsie Pop. You love, um, those, you love those owls and those I'll just cats. Get, that's, it's, so, it's such a great animal. I mean, when he went to college, it's so cool. He's a bird. His head turns all so, around. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, next year, I mean, totally different story, right? And I don't. that means they would have it taken two years off. And again, shareholders get involved and like, don't do that. But I think that means that we have to put this game up against Horizon and Zelda for the best action-adventure RPG-style games of the year. Um and it's not a platform exclusive, so it won't win an award for like best PS4 game or anything like that. I mean, it'll be nominated for things, sure. obviously. But uh, I'm just I worried a game like this gets sort of lost in the conversation. So against the things that are just like it. I totally got sidetracked by that Mario goof. Uh, it threw me off. But what where I was going was I was going to say like I I definitely think that Assassin's Creed Origins ends up on my like top ten list for sure. Like just the little bit that I played of it. Um, I'm also a sucker for Assassin's Creed, so that's mm. totally fair. But I do worry that in the same way Syndicate kind of got swept under the rug, um, that this game will have a similar situation. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're, they're, this year especially, uh, it's just been an incredible year from games for games, top to bottom. One so, of the best ever. It's yeah, probably so the best in, I think that I've that, ever worked. I think that even if you're in the upper echelon, like the, the best of the best, like there's still five or six games above Assassin's Creed this year that are like, yeah, Assassin's was good, but man, Zelda did this and Horizon did this. And so like, yeah, I don't know that it'll be on a lot of outlets game of the year list or that we'll see it take the top prize, but like definitely when it comes down to like time to vote, it'll yeah. be on I mean, my it's list. a great problem for, for people who love video games to have either way, right? The, yeah. the funny thing is, I actually feel like the thing that would have really put it above the competition is not launching until January, which is their historical mode. Right. Like, I right. kind of wonder with, if they'd so have launched that, that now, would we be having a different conversation? Because that's, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Like, so, I'm such a miss so that it's not in VR, that. though. Like, yeah. 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 That, I mean, yeah. that would be incredible, yeah. wouldn't yeah. it? Let me go in a pyramid in VR and look around at stuff. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know, it's far enough off that maybe they'll be like, surprise, a PS. Sex. That could be cool. Would make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. It's I, I, that, the crazy thing there is that game is like they're going to put a game called Assassin's Creed in schools because they're like want to learn about ancient history. Yeah. Well, we've made a series. First, of games you must about learn of the creed. People, but, yeah. yeah. But that's what's so that's what's so interesting. Like, of course, something like that that's now being taught in schools. It's like changing the culture of gaming, the gaming landscape. Mm-hmm. That's that's game of the year worthy. That's better than. It's I mean, just that's not coming out until twenty eighteen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like when we when we were young, we had like Oregon Trail in schools, and it was like, oh, half my family oh, will die in a river. I love that game though. <laughs> like, they don't even show yeah, it. I love they that game. Describe too. it. They're like your friends are all dead. You're like, well, what is it? What is it? Gross. Yeah, <laughs> your wife has dysentery. Do you know what graphics? There's like an orange ox there. In terms of video games you play in school, that was I would say equally bleak. You know, you yeah. could you could hunt all the buffalo until they were gone, and then I you would, starved. I would love like a, a modern like real time Oregon Trail game. I'm surprised they haven't made that. We gotta like protect yeah. this wagon. Well, stay yes, tuned for is. Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> Take like the whole thing they did, were gonna do with like the what was it the crew where it's like you can drive across the country and it's like all right. Well, what if that what if that like Forza car was like a, a wagon covered what if you wagon could, full what if of you could caulk across the country. <laughs> 
Basically, I want the least fun game ever. Billy drowns in a stream. Um, so here's a weird piece of news. Uh, trophies can now earn you PSN money. What? Yes. Click here to find out more. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, I, I didn't actually add this in here. Uh, do you guys know the details on this? It says 100 silver trophies get you 100 points. 25 gold trophies get you 250 points. 10 platinum trophies get you 1,000 points. And that 1,000 points get you $10. So that's not so really. So you effectively cash out, like you have yeah, a I bunch you, of. I think you trophies still. And you... I think you still have the trophy. They don't take them from. Sure, you. yeah, but they didn't like mm. run out of gifts of the trophy. Like, yeah. Oh, you're missing the most important part of this statement. Oh yeah, sorry. Not retroactive. So. Oh, oh no, there's also U.S. only. Okay, well that's the other part too. So anything that you've earned in your. PlayStation career doesn't count towards your So if you're sitting out? there listening to this in your car and you're like, I have 50 million, like, no, you have zero, like no. everyone else. Yeah. But you so can, I guess there'll be, there'll be a, a predetermined era in which you sure. can just get in there and get some points. And get uh, as a dude that has never cared about collecting trophies in any games, I can't say that $25 really gets my motor running for this thing. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, it's actually, it's actually 10 Sure, for, but I mean, like, for, it, like, that's assuming that in my whole lifetime I've collected enough to reward me 2,500 points, oh, sure, right? Sure, it's yeah. like... It, that amount of money is like, sure, I guess. I kind of like it, honestly. I think it, like, as somebody who I, I weirdly lock into like one or two platinum trophies a year without yeah, really Yeah, I remember like it. last year you did Far Cry Primal. Yeah. You came back after a weekend, you're like, platinum primal. I was like, what well, the hell for? You know, <laughs> the, my, my sort of like, my understanding with it is when I get into a game and I'm playing it, I'm really enjoying it. And I kind of look up at the trophies and I'm like, oh, I'm real close anyway. Just finish strong i get in there but when it, i look up i don't ever look at trophy lists at the very beginning because then it will determine the way i play but if i'm playing and just sort of naturally through the course of my actions i'm that close to getting a platinum then yeah i'll finish it's like a pleasant surprise yeah, yeah. i think that's the way that trophies should be that's the way it should like, be because then it's sort of it doesn't it is not defining the way that you will interact with this video game because i think that like if I do that, I'll start, a, I'll start a level and I'll be like, oh, I have to punch 25 honey badgers in the head. Like, I won't do the story. I'll be, be out there punching those honey badgers in the mouth. You know? <laughs> I like to use it as, <laughs> as a really, really inaccurate uh, indication of how far into a game I am. Yep. So I'll be like, oh, I played for uh, eight hours and it's like, oh, 2%. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only very sm- I'm like I'm a 50th of the way through this game. So what I want to know is I want to know like the Podcast Beyond fan that can make the most money during this time that we haven't actually told you. Get out there. The do the math. We don't know actually. There might be like a deadline here. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's sort of an odd thing to announce at this point in a console life cycle or in the history of sort of trophies Here's, existing I, out there. Can I the, ask, yeah. sorry, who's giving this money? Like who is this incredible benefactor? Shuhei Yoshida. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just like a dad with pocket money, like there you go. Yeah. So here's the trick. Here's the loop. I got. I got this down already. All right. So you go find the cheapest game on PSN that will give you a platinum trophy, and you get a platinum trophy, and then you buy the, another cheap game on PSN that will give you a platinum trophy, and you see how many you can get. Well, You're playing whole, only bad games, probably. Yeah. There's this whole subculture of of trophy hunters that will purchase games that have easy platinums that are like, oh, I just I just love collecting trophies. So oh, like, with that I'll, mayonnaise jar game. Yep. Sure. You know about that one? No. This, do you know about the Man HR game? <laughs> they have that over there. We did a let's play. That was good. That was not, yeah. It was not um, a game. But. So no, it's, it's it's basically just like a clicker game, but it's just like a big manage jar, and you just tap on it with the X button or square if you want to jump on it, <laughs> pay respects. Uh, <laughs> he's really pounding that manage jar real good, and all these things will pop up, and then by the end, it's like you got a platinum trophy, and the game's like a dollar. I think oh. they pulled it from PSN. I think they did <laughs> shut that one down. The whole thing was like it was like it would keep telling you like good work, great job. You're just like tap 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 the mayonnaise and like because like okay. that'd be crazy if you could it's get like, that game for a dollar and then you get ten bucks for it. Or no, you need ten platinum. You need yeah. like, it's not a good. You you would probably get ten bucks faster as if you just started getting like free couches on Craigslist and looking through them for change. That yeah. sounds like a weird game in and of itself, but yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, somebody make that game. Yeah. That sounds good. There go are wrong? way better ways to make money. But <laughs> Cat bites. You can still make money like this, but really jamming on that mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a weird piece of news. Uh, so now it is time for the games that are coming out this week. First and foremost, there's a really big game that's dropping. It's called Ace of Seafood. I'm not making this up. Yep. I I'm not this funny. Uh, Max and I were this is his- the game we've been waiting for. We were in hysterics watching this trailer. Watch, yeah, dig up the trailer because it looks like uh it looks like like a recent Gundam game if all the Gundams were like <laughs> deep sea fish. Not even deep sea, like reg- like a lobster what? is in there. They're not this- they're not robot fish, they're just regular fish. They're yeah. just shooting lasers. Yeah, but they, yeah. Right, they've got like they've got like they've got like it's reticles insane. and they've got like like whole, like all these levels and there's like numbers flying around and lasers shooting all over the place. You're like, what are the fish doing? I yeah. feel like this is definitely a game that 
that started in a pub. Yeah. Like there were two yeah. developers sat there. What should we do? Just attach some lasers to some fish. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? I watched the trailer and I was like, is this what's going on under the sea when we're not looking? A <laughs> oh, very different version of Little Mermaid. The ocean around. is a terrifying place, it so is. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the ocean to have some. Never go down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's actually the official copy. This is from the this is from the PSN blog. Uh, quote. You can now openly admit to the desire we all share to become seafood because <laughs> because Ace of Seafood is an action game where you scavenge the depths of ocean of ocean not the ocean of ocean <laughs> while battling other life forms and increasing the strength of your own forces. Thank God, I thought I was the only one yearn to become shellfish. That's well, we can insane. all openly admit the desire we all share, which is Anyway, to become the laser yeah. fish in ocean. Wow. Uh, and now, kind of close tie for probably going to sell about as many copies after that awesome pitch we just gave it as Need for Speed Payback. Mm. Uh, no, I'm kidding. This game is uh, inevitably one of those games that people are going to be playing. I just have not heard a peep about it since E3. Yeah, uh, I, see, I feel like every time that there's an info drop or anything about Need for Speed, it's the same demo that we saw at E3. It's that same high sequence. We did one at Game Which is an amazing yeah. sequence. It, yeah, it's incredible. But, yeah. Like, I, I'm not a racing guy, and, like, that that sequence alone was like, oh, I'd check this out for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be coming out really soon, right? So where's the rest of that game? Yep. I, yep. I feel sort of bad for this game in that it uh, lives in this odd space kind of in the shadow of Forza and GT Sport, yeah. which are both like, hey, GT Sport has VR support and it runs on the PS4 Pro and Forza's like, hey, here's the Forza 7 or whatever and it, it, for the Xbox One X it just looks like little literal actual cars driving around. Mm-hmm. And then this is like, we added a story and it's sort of like, like yeah. they kind of... See, I think this is like way more uh, my speed. Because uh, this is just like a big cartoony action game yeah, where it's like, you can just... Mm-hmm. It's Burnout meets yes. Fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah, and I really... I loved uh, I loved Burnout at the 360 launch. Like, even that demo I played like two million times just trying to do that car crash over and over and over. It's so much fun. Um, but I don't really, like... I don't really connect with a lot of the more simmy uh, sort of like video game driving franchises. But this is, this is the kind of thing like I'll totally play for a week and... You know, get that platinum trophy, get that ten bucks, buy that mayonnaise game, <laughs> buy nine more cars. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm honestly really curious about it. They had that they had that Need for Speed like last year that was like live action or something, and they had, yep. I don't know that didn't seem. Oh, the it, movie with Aaron with Paul. Aaron no, Paul. no, it was it was the, the like the game that was sort of tied into to the movie almost, but not really. And it looked cool. The cars were fast, about. but anyway, no, I didn't make that. That was a true story. All right, anyway, we talked about how Horizon was a great game that came out earlier this year, and that people might have forgotten about it, and uh, you know that they should get the DLC and remind themselves. Another big game is. Neo, which is getting a complete edition. So if you passed on this and you're curious or it looks like the kind of thing you, you wanted to check out, this is, of course, the wonderful, like, seven months later, here's the complete package. Here's the all Samurai the DLC and all Souls, the... Yeah. yeah. So I, I played this awesome. game, a, a, a lot of it when it came out. Like, probably up to about halfway. and what then like March? Like February, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, early, early. And uh, I'm tempted to, to pick up the complete edition because of, just, like, brain damage. But also, um, I know there's so much more to that game that I haven't seen. Yeah. Like with the expansions that have come out since, um, it seems to me like I, it's one of those games that every year there are a, a few games that I want to go back to by the end of the year and just check out and like make sure that I complete them for game of the year consideration. Mm-hmm. And Neo is for sure on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now it's like, well, okay, if this edition is coming out, why not see all that I can see of it rather than just the base game? So like, I'm I'm really interested in this. Yeah, I stopped tracking all the like post release content and DLC for this game. I'm the same way as you. I probably got about. One half, three fourths away. Really freaking hard. Uh, it's very hard. <laughs> Such uh, it totally, a hard game. It scratched that like Bloodborne Souls itch. Yeah, that I, I mean, I year. love Bloodborne and Dark Souls, yep. and this game to me was harder than both of those. Oh games. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, the setting was really cool too. I loved all the different like weapons you could use and all the. I thought different... it was cool that you could play as Geralt. Yeah, yeah he was, <laughs> he was straight up Samurai Geralt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It was cool. Uh, the boss fights got really, really difficult, but yeah. yeah, just like a Souls game. But yeah, this game's awesome, and I think I feel like a lot of people slept on it. So mm-hmm. this is a good opportunity to go back. Do you want to know my favorite bit of trivia that I found out since playing Neo? What's that? Yeah. Apparently, you know, there's that ninja Hanzo that you meet, and he always uh-huh. he pulls like a cat from his chest, yeah. and, everyone, and everyone goes, "Those crazy Japanese yeah. with their weird kind of just in joke." Apparently, that's not an in-joke or a weird thing they did just to be strange. Uh, 
ninjas used to use cats to tell the time. Yes. Because the, a cat's eye can be used as a sun I knew dial. about that, the way it dilates. You know yeah. where I learned that? The what? Ninja Guide and Strategy Guide that Nintendo Power sent me when I was Why a kid. Why is it with video games and weird ninja facts? It's Isn't that brilliant. so cool? It's cool? I remember reading that as a little kid and being like, holy crap, my cat Are has a use. Are you freaked out by this? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I, like, I've been on Earth for 30, 31 years. I didn't know that about ninjas and cats. Yeah. No, you can yeah, tell the really clock from the cat's out. eyes. So that's why nah. I keep mittens under here. <laughs> <laughs> if you were that's like, why I wear a <laughs> if you were like, you could be just like a multiple choice thing of like, which of the following people carries a cat as a watch? There was like a witch, a, like a, a ninja, like a pirate, a, a, I don't know, like a, a monster. That I'd put be ninja like, pretty low. No, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, they're they're quiet, they're stealthy, they sneak around. Yet my cat doesn't shut up under normal circumstances. You put it in like my, in my shirt, it would first of Imagine all imagine being this like stealth then, assassin and you're hanging out for them for something like. <laughs> it's my watch. My cover's blown. My alarm. It's like when you were alive. I was about to say, <laughs> I have to take my vitamins now. <laughs> I do like the idea of just wrapping a small kitten around your hand. Just and be awful. Like, so yeah, you can tell the time by looking at a cat's eyes, according wow. to lore. Great. So anyway, Neo is the complete addition to that. Um, also out with weird animal stuff in it is Sonic Forces. This is uh, not getting the best of reviews, though it sounds like it's very much kind of what we expected in terms of being sort of Sonic fan service. It's got a Sonic or a blank the animal character creator right thing. yeah you can make your own yeah. which is furry. like i actually kind of want to screw with that it's yeah like max the echidna or woodchuck or whatever I, so you can tell the time playing this game too yeah you can it just looks look like at sonic it's five <laughs> yeah uh i played the hell out of sonic adventure one and two on dreamcast uh, dreamcast is like one of my favorite systems of all time very excited to play sonic forces Get because off my i have playstation I have show. S- you don't have the playstation taste. passion I, I got the i got the playstation passion but i before i had the playstation passion i was i was a dreamcast kid and this game just looks like dreamcast sonic adventure. Desires. i had the dream <laughs> yes yeah that's what it was so yeah i'm i'm for some reason excited for sonic forces i don't care if it's getting bad reviews i'm gonna play it on switch it's gonna be Good. great it looks cute Enjoy. um Thanks. Also, my favorite thing about Sonic is always no like, further comment. I'm not. I legally can't talk about this franchise because I'm not a fan of it. And every time I say anything, I get just people very. You mad made at a me. joke about Sonic the Hedgehog on a different video. And I didn't make hate, that joke. Hates it. That wasn't me. No. That somebody else said that Sonic. One of his fans friends. One of his friends said a mean cat. thing about Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, no, I think it's it's funny. We look at Sonic as like a video game mascot, but Sonic is. Uh, on pajamas sonic is on a cartoon show sonic is like mobile games sonic is toys like it's sort of everywhere and i i think that sega's like yeah, i mean you really put that dude in pajamas uh yeah yeah, yeah. does it say gotta go to sleep gotta go fast to sleep to bed um <laughs> so also out this week is uh telltale guardians episode five minecraft story mode season two episode four I hear that's a great spot to jump in if you if you're just new to the series. Just start with oh, yes. right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yes. don't, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Um, and then uh, the hottest games of the year: Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are hitting PS4. So the Wheel of Fortune game is like damn near a full price game on Switch. Do you know what the price is for PlayStation Four? Because it's like a forty dollar game. Seriously? Yeah. I'm kind of curious. It's like, I mean, that's just how, like how realistic is it? That's just Wheel of Fortune. I would Why love would you like pay a because like like you got to spend a fortune. Okay. Ooh. Well, there it is. Um, Got down to the bottom of that one real quick. <laughs> there's a bunch of PSVR stuff coming out this week. There's a PS4 game called ATV Drift and Tricks, which is about doing ATV stuff in the sand, and that has PSVR support. There's also a game called Discovery, which is also regular PS4 as well. Uh, it looks like a pretty shameless Minecraft clone, but that could just be my uh, you know vague assessment of a bunch of screenshots that look like Minecraft, and the fact that its logo is, in fact, a... Uh, you know, a voxel with green on top and kind of oh, wow. colors. It's yeah. Anyway, so if you want to play Minecraft in VR, there's that, or you could play Minecraft in VR. Uh, there's one called Ghost in the Toy Box, Episode 1, which is like this, it looks like if Sackboy was evil and you had to fight him, I'm unclear how this is an episodic series. Uh, that and then sounds great. Yeah, right. Then. <laughs> looks a little bit, a little bit uh, strange. And then there's League of War VR Arena. That is a video game-ass video game title. Damn yeah. right. Uh, yeah, so that's what's out this week. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much the show here. Um, we, of course, are going to be jumping over to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond for Rapid Fire, which is our weird questions and answers show, not always about gaming stuff. Uh, but before we go, uh, Alicia, where can people find more of you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Alicia Judge. Uh, spelt really weird. I don't know why my parents said it's A-L-Y-S-I-A when it clearly should be A-L-I-C-I-A. But yeah, <laughs> and over on IGN UK, obviously. And you guys do a, a podcast over there, right? Yeah, we do the IGN UK podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's out every week, normally on Fridays. That is a tremendously funny podcast. We we had you as a guest. Yeah. It was so, so lovely. Yeah, it's always really lovely when you guys come over. When Andrew and I were there for Gamescom, we, we guessed it on that show and... 
admittedly, I had never listened to an episode before. And after being on that show once, I was like, yeah, I'll listen to every single episode of this show. It's, <laughs> it's really, really it's fun. It's really good fun. I mean, yeah. looking at your running order versus ours, like we normally have like four lines and it's just a whole thing of winging it. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. <laughs> like, Excellent. Yeah. That sounds really fun. I like that it's called the IGN UK con- like podcast. Because yeah. if we had like an IGN USA podcast, people would be like, why aren't they talking about America? <laughs> yeah. Like it's like there's no connotations with you guys. It's great. No it's, expectations. Just yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's like a boozy show, right? Yeah, well, I mean, well, yeah, no, I'm not even yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't need, yeah, I yeah. If you're an alcoholic, yeah. Yeah, we have a couple, it's okay. That sounds awesome. Would you guys say you're all pretty good friends over there? Oh, yeah. That's Would you say fun. you're in pal territory? Like, oh. good old mates. Oh, that was- <laughs> all right. What's up with the Peggy 18 thing? Terrible. Yeah. Who is this Peggy we keep hearing about? <laughs> um, anyway, you can find the rest of us on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Brian is Agent Bizzle. And Zach is Zacharias D. That's right. Uh, we got lots more cool stuff going up all over IGN, so keep an eye on that. And again, hop over to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond and watch just really the worst secret little videos we're making on the side. The end. (laughs) Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.